Welcome to Beyond the Staff Room, the show that breaks down the philosophies of education. Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I want to take some time today to really sort of break down and think about uh, this concept of uh, building relationships in classroom culture. And it's something that I've talked about a lot over the years, and it's actually, interestingly, it's kind of trendy. So I had a conversation today with uh, a couple of colleagues of mine. We were talking about teaching and how uh, many times it feels that teaching moves at this glacial pace. It is super slow, and it, and it doesn't evolve as fast as some of us might like. And then then we got to saying, well, that actual, it's amazing, having thought of that, that how much things have changed. Like you think back to, you know, whenever 30, 40 years ago, the, the way that we teach is so completely different. But I'm not really sure that I agree. I think there's a lot of things that are different, for sure. There's no question um, that uh, maybe spiraling math wasn't happening uh, in, in the 70s. But, uh, you know, how we identified kids with LDs um, certainly is, is way, way different. Um, and how we gave accommodations to them now versus before, which simply didn't. Um, but there certainly are practices of teaching that are simply, you know, good teaching. And, and one of those, I think, is relationship building. And and I believe the relationship building is important. And I think a lot of educators say that and believe that. But my worry is that this sits on a base of intuition. Some people are just kind of good at it, and they, they take those skills and they build them and they work harder to, to improve them, and, and that's great. But um, I think all skills can be learned and, and taught and honed, and so it doesn't seem to be reasonable to say you either, you know, you have the intuition to be a good relationship builder or you don't. I mean, there must be, there must be something that, uh, that helps make that happen. There must be a reason that happens, and... Um, I keep I think back often to a conversation I had uh, now it was four or five years ago at the university where I was talking about relationships and relationship building and how important it is and I had a student ask me how like what are some practical tips how do I build relationships and, and it's a question that you hear now um, a lot you hear you see it in social media and you, you you hear it being addressed in blogs and often what people say is uh, you should be present. You should know your kids. You should get to know your kids. You should be at your door. You should say hello. And I agree. Those things are correct. But they feel too superficial and, quite frankly, basic. I like to think that that is, I mean, it's definitely good teaching, but I see it as a baseline of good teaching. You know, you, you have a classroom of students. You should get to know them. You should call them by name you should be at the door and say hello you should understand who they are what they do and get a sense of of who they are um but i don't think that a relationship makes that you can do that and not have great relationships um but it is important key uh, important piece so i just wanted to take a minute you know to do one of these personal rambling podcasts to kind of break that down and, and think about it a little bit um not that meeting people at the door is not important, but, it, but it's deeper than that. This is really just a me talking podcast. So if you're listening and you have some ideas and you want to reach out to me, I'd, I'd absolutely love to hear you. Uh, you can email me beyond the staff room at gmail.com or I'm on Twitter at Derek Rodenizer. Um, and I'll be happy to, to get into a dialogue with you that way. So, meet people at the door, get to know your students. Yes. 
Um, but I'd also like to present a couple other ideas. The first one being honing your skills of, for lack of a better word, noticing. I think that a teacher needs to be a detective. You need to be actively looking and noticing what patterns, social patterns, your students have. And once you've established those patterns, how they might change or be different. If a child is particularly late for an extended period of time, or they have a slump in their shoulders, or they speak to you in a way that is different than normal, if they're interacting with their peers in a way that is unexpected, if a chain of events just does not seem to add up, there's a lot of times that I, I feel like I've been able to recognize a situation because of a strange chain of events. You know, you notice a student in at inside at recess, uh, whatever, you know, quote, going to the bathroom more often than regularly there. And a group of kids outside, I don't know, whatever, laughing in the corner. I mean, you start to connect them with, and, and you realize that maybe there's a social challenge here with this child. Maybe they're avoiding what's going on outside. What are those kids outside doing? And why is this child coming inside all the time? Um, you know, you can be proactive and go out and get it and try to figure out what is going on. I think as educators, we need to be keen observers of what's happening around you. And my wife, I'm sure, would be absolutely mortified to hear me preach about um, observation. <laughs> it's not something I'm particularly good at in my personal life, uh, attention to detail. But when it comes to working with kids, it's something that I work on and think about a lot. Um, and I think it's a skill. It's a skill that we can get better at. I think if you consciously try and work towards you know, doing that, then you're going to start to see these patterns more often. If you can get the patterns of, you know, the quote, normal patterns of each child, which would be totally different, of course, depending on the kid, um, then you can figure it out. You know, like an obvious example is that child who likes being alone in the schoolyard versus the child who doesn't, right? I can see two kids alone in the schoolyard. One, no problem at all. The other, oh my goodness, alarm bells. And if we can, if we can notice those things, if we can see those things, then we can support them. And if you are supporting someone before they even ask for it, well, that is the best relationship building, right? Like if someone tells you it's their birthday and you go and do something for their birthday, that's really that's great. It's very kind of you. But if you know it's their birthday and you put it in your calendar and you've thought about it in advance and you go do something for them before they've even mentioned it, before they've said it, maybe they've gone out of the way not to say it, then that's really appreciated. And that demonstrates that you care. It demonstrates you've done something for them that they have not asked you to do. So you are really presenting that you care about that person. You're not doing it because it's mandated. You're not doing it because you made them tell you. Like sit someone down and say, what's wrong? And then you help them with the problem that's wrong. That's really good. It's really helpful to ask someone what's wrong and then help them. But if you can anticipate what's wrong, then you are really demonstrating sort of a higher level of care. And I think that's a skill. That is something that you can practice and improve at and get better at. So I would I want to add that to the list, you know. Go out of your way to talk to students and get to know them. Go out of your way to make sure you have an understanding of who they are. And work on your skills as a, you know, a private detective. Work on your skills as understanding the details of what's going on um, and how that child is presenting themselves. You know, just because someone doesn't come to you doesn't mean there isn't a problem. Uh, it's just like when you, you know, you've said, you tell somebody something, right? 
you send an email for a staff meeting. Just because you've done that does not mean everybody has heard you. So saying it and having it heard are two different things. Um, you need to make sure that you follow that up with other methods of communication, right? You make sure that you, 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 you touch base and make sure that the person actually has taken your con- this idea and, and, and synthesized it. They've taken it on as their own. So you can really work on, and just parallel to that, you can work on your listening skills and your, your, your sort of noticing skills. Um, I feel like intuition is real. Like as educators, you, know, you go into <clears throat> the world of education because... I mean, I don't know why you've gone in, but often it's to support young people, right? This idea of I'm going to help and support uh, children and make a difference in their lives and, and, and help them get this. Often it's helped them get this wonderful feeling that I got from one of my great teachers, right? How many educators have the story of these ed- teachers in their lives that were, were terrible and, and a couple of good teachers that really stuck out and were wonderful and they want to try to recreate that and, and make that the norm. So you you probably have a pretty good intuition of what kids need and, and want already. It's probably something that exists, but I do not think we should hang our heads on that. Right? The very best basketball players in the world, if they never practice, are probably pretty good basketball players, but they won't be the very best in the world if they don't have that practice. Right? They have the natural athletic ability to be pretty good, but it's not pretty good that we're looking for. Right? They need to practice on top of that. So if you come in and you're a relationship builder and you're good at that naturally, maybe we don't sit on our laurels. Maybe we figure out how we can hone that skill. So I really would like to hear a bit of a dialogue on this if there's anyone who would like to jump in. What is it that we do that we don't necessarily hear about? Like not the person that does a customized handshake in the hallway, you know, not the, you know, learning your students' names. I feel like that these, this is pretty basic. Um, understanding some of the hobbies that they do and having conversations. Okay, how can we go a bit deeper? What do you think is a skill that teachers should really be working on to build a relationship, to make sure they have a strong classroom culture? They are working towards having a relationship that um, makes a difference with all their kids. I'd love to hear that. You can send me an email, beyondthestaffroom at gmail.com. You can tweet me at Derek Rodenizer, um, or you can you can comment below. So, thanks so much, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day, and uh, more podcasts coming. <laughs>